Matt Sullivan here to remind you to stop putting screens on your gutters. Better to schedule a free estimate with the local experts at Gutter Helmet so you stay off the ladder. Visit GutterHelmetIndy.com. With Gutter Helmet, you'll never clean your gutters again. GutterHelmetIndy.com. Hammer and Nigel. Do you believe these characters are weirdos? On 93 WIBC. So let's rock it! Well, Hammer, if you thought your elected Republican representatives are going to listen to their constituents, <laughs> you'd be wrong. The uh, partisan school board's bill is dead. So, like, if you wanted school board candidates to declare their political party, no soup for you. That bill is dead. I didn't even get called, I don't believe. No. The author of it, J.D. Prescott, who is a Republican from Union County, did not call House Bill 1428. And this was the partisan school board's bill. And all it stated was, if you want to run to be part of a school board, you have to declare, are you a Republican? Are you a Democrat? Are you a Libertarian? Whatever the case may be. Like every other elected office in indiana from coroner to surveyor where they have to put their political <laughs> affiliation in to run for school board to have a hand in children's education ah screw it anybody can come on in here and run this is so embarrassing for the republicans in the state because it shows how terrified they are of the teachers unions because the teachers unions let's be honest they're super left but they also have a lot of money. And the Republicans in this state, they get really scared. They ball up in a fetal position when those teachers put those red shirts on and they start wagging their finger and making threats. And despite having a super majority in the state of Indiana, there will not be partisan school boards. What are they scared of? The teacher unions. Yeah, I know, but so what? They got the majority. But they don't have the money. See, the teachers' union has the money. And even though they are super left, they'll kick a little money to the Republicans from time to time as long as they stay in line and play ball. And none of these folks want to lose power by trying to take on a school board. Well, I wonder if somebody might revive it like, and put it in there as an amendment somehow. I, I, the, the speaker, I believe, said that's probably not going to happen. But here's, here's what this forces people to do. And I had to do some digging on our last election school board there in Zionsville. It just, it it makes people do their homework in terms of who they're putting in positions of power in the school board. You really, because it's very vague. You don't know if these people are Democrats or Republicans. And quite frankly, if you put a D next to your name, I think you think you'd lose in certain, in certain aspects. And they don't, Democrats don't want to have to do that. Well, of course they don't, because they <laughs> the want super- radical, ridiculous bullcrap in the classroom. So- Look at Brownsburg. Rob Kendall talks about this all the time. In his Brownsburg, Mike Wells was a guy that ran. Oh, we love him. That's the sports guy. I hear him on the sports radio station. I bet he'll be great. And he gets in there, and he loves CRT. So what did we learn here? Absolutely nothing. If you have to put an R or a D next to your name to be the surveyor, <laughs> you should absolutely have to do it if you want to lay policy for children and education. I ain't voting for that surveyor. He's a Democrat. <laughs> but not. But seriously, it does. It, it does. It will cause. The only silver lining here is that it causes people that really care about this kind of thing to do their homework and get the word out about positive. Um, you know 
very good candidates that you think are worthy of that position. You got to do your homework. But I don't think enough people do that, though, well, Nigel. Right. Well, yeah. Like, not everybody is you. Well, they'll sit down and be like, all right, what's going on here? There are some folks that listen to the radio maybe five minutes a day. They don't really get online. Maybe they check messages, email once in a while. They go vote, though, and they love to go to vote. And They'll see a name. Well, I've heard about this person and just vote without knowing anything about that person. People don't do their homework. And this is the problem. And I'm sorry, if you want to run on radical ridiculousness, if you think there are 85 genders and biological men and boys need to be competing against biological girls and women, then you should have to identify which party you stand for. Because I think that's a big part of education and the schooling system right now. If this were some sort of meet me in the middle situation, okay, but that's not where we're at right now with education. It's radical, ridiculous crap and those that want to fight against it. I think if you stand for radical, ridiculous crap, own it. Put that D next to your name. Or maybe you're a Republican. I don't know. Put that R or D next to your name. I don't think it's asking too much. Uh, Allison, I need some mood music, please. Well, we're coming to your city. College football? No. The toxic waste from East Palestine. Oh. Coming to oh. Rochdale, Indiana, Big Nige. Oh, wonderful. I don't want that crap in our state. How do you think the people in Rochdale feel? Deborah Shore, the original administrator with the EPA, said that three additional hazardous waste processing sites in Ohio would be receiving soil and water shipments oh, really? from the disaster in East Palestine. Would they really? She hmm. also stated that a landfill in Indiana would be receiving some shipments. And I'm, I'm assuming this is all above board. I'm assuming this is all coordinated with the governor and the officials here in Indiana, and this was approved at the highest levels of the administration, correct? Well, there's a little problem. No. Governor Holcomb found out about this third hand. Now, the EPA <laughs> say they reached out to officials in Indiana and cleared this because this land fill in Rochdale, I guess this is a special regulated waste landfill uh it's one of very few in the country it's capable of handling this type of situation no this is the federal government dictating where this crap is going this is what it is and holcomb needs to put his foot down governor holcomb put out a statement quote i continue to object to the epa administrator's decision from washington dc to move hazardous waste from the east palestine train derailment to indiana Further, there has been a lack of communication with me and other Indiana officials about this decision. Lack of communication within the Biden administration. You're kidding. <laughs> Considering their response has been a disaster to this whole thing, uh, lack of communication is a problem? No. Here's a little bit more from Governor Holcomb in his statement, quote, after learning third hand that materials may be transported to our state yesterday, I directed my environmental director to reach out to the agency. The materials should go to the nearest facilities, not moved from the far eastern side of Ohio to the far western side of Indiana. I have made a request to speak to the administrator to discuss this matter. I want to know exactly what precautions will be taken in the transport and disposition of these materials okay fine yeah look i mean i'm i'm glad holcomb is pushing back I, is it gonna work is he actually going to go through with it is writing a sternly worded letter and saying i'd like to speak to the person in charge is that going to work though 
I don't know if I have enough faith in our governor uh, to, to how, you know, how is he going to prevent this really from happening? If the federal government is saying, no, actually is, is dictating where this toxic stuff is going. And by the way, just a side note here. If you read the article here, I forget which, which one I was reading. There's several articles about it. But they said some of the remaining liquid waste is going to a facility in Ohio for disposal in an underground ejection well. And then Norfolk Southern is also shipping solid waste to an incinerator in East Liverpool, Ohio, as well as, 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 well as Rochdale. Norfolk Southern. Does anybody see the irony here that Norfolk is actually shipping toxic liquid waste by rail? This is the same company whose train <laughs> derailed and sent plumes of chemicals in the air is now shipping hazardous waste again? You don't let the guy that crashed the Exxon Valdez deliver the next <laughs> round of oil, do you? I see where you're coming from here. Oh, uh, what this a is disaster, man. From one of our listeners who works in the waste industry, uh, quote, Waste like that from East Palestine is considered regulated waste and must go to a regulated landfill, such as the one in Rochdale. This particular landfill is operated by Heritage Group of Indianapolis Heritage Environmental. Regulated landfills take hazardous or regulated waste, including contaminated soil from leaking underground storage tanks, and they have a thick rubber or plastic liner in order to contain the waste and prevent it from leaking out. Yeah, well, uh, Kramer had that same idea idea in Seinfeld with the, <laughs> with the big ball of oil. We're going we're gonna to prevent uh, oil leaks in giant shipping containers, and they dropped it out the window, and it splattered all over the place. Hello! <laughs> You've really got me thinking now. Like, I can imagine the Norfolk Southern meeting. Like, they're sitting around a conference table. Damn, we really dropped the ball on that. We <laughs> crashed and ruined a lot of lives. What should we do with the toxic material? Let's load it back up on a train. Load it it back up. Get it back out there. Here we go. (laughs) It's not good. Y'all ready for this? You're listening to the Hammer and Nigel Show on 93 WIBC. The Al Hackers in town tonight. Is that your fish impression? That's my John Fisher impression. It's as good as it gets. Al Hackers versus the Indiana Hoosiers. Tip-off, 7 o'clock tonight, pregame at 6 with John Herrick and crew. At the Assembly Hall. you got to put the word the. Oh, the Assembly Hall. In front of Assembly Ow. Hall. Ow! It sounds like, it, it kind of sounds like I'm doing an impression of Mark Patrick doing an impression of Don Fisher. Right. <laughs> Fish is so good, man. I love like, the guy, He man. is the best. Absolute best in the business. Is this the trap game? Is this one they, uh, the Hoosiers? I mean, is Iowa any... They beat IU earlier in the season. They did. And Iowa's coming off this amazing comeback win this past Saturday. They were down 10 with 48 seconds to go. They forced overtime and then won. Wow. Now, from a gambling perspective, let me break this down for you. <laughs> Michigan State was the underdog, and they were getting five and a half points. They were up by 10 on their own. So with the point spread, Michigan State was up 15 and a half with yeah. 48 seconds left. 
Well, Iowa has this amazing comeback. It goes to overtime. Iowa wins by six. So imagine being a Michigan State better. You're up 15 with 48 seconds left, and you don't cover. That's that's rough. (laughs) That's a kick to the junk, man. That is rough. What do you think Fran McCaffrey, Coach McCaffrey, will stare down any uh, referees (laughs) like he did a couple nights ago? One of the great red asses in all of college basketball in Bloomington tonight, Fran McCaffrey. There's not many of those left. Right. Because because the college players don't want to be yelled at. Illinois has got a coach like that, Underwood. He gets pretty fired up. But well, Fran Woodson, McCaffrey is just... Woodson does too. Coach Woodson, I'm sure he seems like he does. Yeah, but you don't ever think he's going to have a stroke during the game. Like with McCaffrey, <laughs> he turns a different color. He turns like from like flesh color to pink to red and purple. As God is my witness, he will be purple at some point in this game tonight. So is IU, so is IU in Iowa tonight, big game. And, and McCaffrey is the head coach of Iowa. Why was he staring down that referee? He didn't like the calls. Oh, of course. <laughs> so, and they just started getting closer and closer and closer. That, that was so funny to watch. <laughs> His team rallied, so it must have worked. It did. But uh, yeah, it's going to be fun tonight because this is a game Indiana still needs to have if they want to have that double bye in the Big Ten tournament. I know they're still living off that Purdue win and everybody's telling them how great they are, but this is a game they got to have tonight and we've got coverage for you pregame at 6, tip-off at 7. Uh, coming up tomorrow, starting tomorrow on this show, We've got a little thing called Biden Madness, yes, and it's back. Biden Madness is back, baby! So every year in March, we have some sort of brackets that we let the listeners of this program vote on. Last year, it was COVID hypocrisy madness. The year before, we did Biden Madness, where we had 16 random clips of Joe Biden saying stupid things, and they would go head-to-head every day, and the listeners would vote on a Twitter poll which one would advance. So starting tomorrow- we've got a fresh new batch of Biden clips. Only two returning clips, the defending champion and the runner-up. What was the defending champion? We talked about this yesterday. You know the thing. Oh, you know, you know the the thing. I think that's everybody's. That was everybody was most more familiar with that thing. Right. With that. The runner phrase. up was "You ain't black." So those two are back <laughs> in the field, but there are fourteen new contenders, and it's a hodgepodge of gibberish, yeah. weird things, bald-faced lies. All of that starts tomorrow with wait. Biden madness. I'm excited. Uh, according to a new poll, Nige, 66% of people say they have decided to end a friendship at some point. Calling it quits. I'm no longer friends with this person. 25% say they've never done that. And 51% say it's happened to them. What do you mean, like getting unfriended on social media or something like that? Or are you, are you talking about like just totally dropping somebody from your life? Either one. Totally. Either one. Uh, I don't. I don't think so. I, I don't think that's ever happened. To, I mean, chicks I've dated in my 20s. Yeah, that doesn't count. Okay. No. <laughs> but but in terms of having friends, like I, have, I, I definitely have friends that lean the complete opposite way I do, the total other end of the spectrum in terms of politics. And they but do not, they still tolerate you? 
Yeah, I was hanging out with some of them uh, a couple of weeks ago. See, some we of mine have just completely kicked me to the curb. People that I grew up with that, you know, we were in each other's weddings and everything was cool. No. But then they found out, you know. You ha- you you like Donald Trump's policies? I can't be friends with you anymore. Bingo. And there's this thing on social media that, you know, shows you things you've posted like seven, eight years ago on that date. One of my favorite things to do is to scroll down on that and just see who all has liked that post back then, but has since unfriended me. <laughs> and it's a long list, man. It's a long list. Allison, have you ever been unfriended? Have you been canceled, Allison, by uh, friends that think uh, that have found out you work with this show and say, I know I can no longer have an association with Not you? Not to my knowledge, no. But uh, I still feel like I'm freshly new here, so nah. we'll see in a couple months. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Give it a couple <laughs> I'll months. I'll report back. Use that memories feature on Facebook because you'll usually get a notification. You posted this on this date, and you click on it. You can go down a rabbit hole, man. That's actually really smart. And to go down <laughs> and see people that liked it that no longer like you, it's always pretty interesting. Huh. The other thing that's fun too is. You didn't know that you were unfriended by somebody, and the suggestion pops up. Yeah. Right. Hey, right. wait a minute. <laughs> I was we already were. friends with that person, but they have since told me to go to hell. So <laughs> if you've ever been unfriended, let us know at Hammer and Nigel. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Crime. Punishment. Judges. Legal stuff. Hammer's here. I'm Nigel, the Inspector General. I believe his name is Horowitz, Mr. Horowitz. The Inspector General, they had, it's, a, it's basically an auditor's office. They, attorneys, inspectors, a bunch of staff, and they, you know, they keep track of, they try to deter waste, fraud, abuse within the government. So they're investigating old Mayor Pete, old Pothole Pete Buttigieg, the uh, disaster inexperienced tra- transportation secretary for extensive private jet travel. You don't say. Now, keep in mind, anytime you say something negative about Pete Buttigieg, I believe a bat signal goes up in the city of Indianapolis where Adam Wren gets into the Batmobile <laughs> and has to rush to his rescue. I hadn't heard that name for a long time. Liberal writer. Oh, he's still around. Remember, he's taking part I'd... in hit pieces against people for sexual assault like they did Jennifer Ruth Green, but he's still around. Oh, yeah, that's right. So, but, so, but Pete Buttigieg uh, for as uh, mis- you know, Mr. Clean Energy, Mr. Climate Change, Mr. Environmentalist, I'm going to change the world because I'm an environmentalist. Sure does take an awful lot of private jets at government expense. This is from the uh, Inspector General's report. Buttigieg, who has repeatedly argued in favor of aggressive action to combat climate change, has taken at least 18 flights oh! using taxpayer-funded private jets You're since taking the office in 2021. Taxpayer-funded private jets. One of the biggest emitters, one of the biggest carbon 
footprint emitters in the world. The type of transportation is 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 ridiculous in terms when you're looking at carbon footprints and, and carbon emissions and carbon output. Now, I don't know the answer to this, but has he been flying by himself or are we paying for Chaston to fly with him? <laughs> because if we're paying for that weasel Chaston to fly around, this is just fuel on top of the fire here. Well, why is Chaston a weasel? Come on, they were giving away that, uh, that, that big prize, that campaign prize. You <laughs> donate to Pete Buttigieg and his campaign and if if, if we'll draw your name and we'll give you a couple of tickets so you and Chaston can go see what, what was it? Uh, Hamilton. It was Hamilton, yeah. So you don't get to go with Pete, you get stuck going <laughs> with was, Chaston. That was the big prize for their campaign. Go see Hamilton with Pete Buttigieg's husband. <laughs> could I just get the other ticket where I could just go with somebody other than Chaston? I'd rather go with Pete, quite frankly. I don't even know who the hell Chaston is. Jesse Waters summed it up beautifully the other night on his show. Chaston's very needy because when there's a <laughs> major disaster going on in East Palestine, Ohio, Chaston has to make sure that they still get personal time. So Chaston's very right. needy. So I'm wondering if he's flying around that, on taxpayer dime isn't that too. The weirdest thing. I was gone last week. I'm sure you guys talked about it, but uh, a reporter caught up with Pete Buttigieg and Chaston walking outside and was asking, like, when are you going to East Palestine? What's going on? What are you doing? Like, well, I'm on personal time. Uh, right now, so then he took a uh, picture of the journalist because he's a weirdo. That's what Pete. Yeah, Buttigieg where does that does. where does that picture go to some um, you know office in the FBI? The do not fly list. <laughs> like, what's he doing with the picture? You freak. Uh, Pete Buttigieg telling old Don Lamont on CNN this morning all about what's going on. There is an internal audit of your use of FAA jets for official trips following a request for review by Senator Marco Rubio. Uh, it also scrutinized Elaine Chow's um, private jet uh, travel as transportation secretary. Do you have a response to that? Yeah, here's how we uh, handle my travel. The vast majority of the time I travel mm -hmm. on commercial airlines in yeah, sure. economy class. Uh, but there is a portion of the time, I'd say about 10 to 20 percent, uh, when we use our agency's aircraft. This is not chartering a private jet. This is a, a government aircraft that uh, is assigned to the FAA. But I thought you were, like, climate friendly. I thought you were, uh, like, uh, concerned with your carbon footprint and the uh, sorts of toxic emissions being put out into the air by these private jets. And I'm pretty what? sure he's also the type that will virtue signal the bejesus out of the fact that he's Mr. Yeah. Helping the Climate like they he did are. recently. Climate is not nonsense. Dealing with climate change is one of the biggest things that people like me and people like him will be remembered for after we're gone. <laughs> I will be remembered for my fight against climate change. Now let me hop on my 19th private flight. <laughs> Paid for by the U.S. taxpayers. Thank you very much. If the inspector general comes by, tell him you didn't see anything. <laughs> Chastin, let's go! <laughs> They're boarding! Ridiculous. Uh, oh, boy. More. Yeah. I mean, he was when he on paternity leave when the whole for, for, the baby formula crisis oh, yeah. was happening, the sure. supply chain crisis. I mean, we didn't hear from him for six months. Now, how would you feel if he came out and said, listen, the reason that I fly on these government flights, these personalized flights, is because the transportation system in this country sucks? <laughs> I'd almost, just a little bit. Yeah, I have some respect for him. A little him, bit then. of respect for him there. Uh, more legal <laughs> stuff. The FBI has arrested a January 6th rioter. This is the guy that wore the panda hat. Oh, 
You remember this guy? The Sedition Panda. (laughs) As the liberal media dubbed this person. They've been looking for this guy for a while. Florida resident Jesse James Rumson. Of course he's from Florida. Of course his name is Jesse James. (laughs) Facing several charges in connection with the uh, raid, including assaulting, resisting, or impeding an officer, and engaging in physical violence in a restricted building. This is according to Washington, D.C. Well, I mean, look, if if you assaulted an officer, if you're engaging in physical violence in a, a restricted building, yeah, you need to have answer for that. But but uh, sedition panda. This is a guy wearing a panda head. Doesn't exactly have the same ring to it as cocaine bear. No. <laughs> <laughs> I do feel so much better now that they caught the guy wearing the panda head, don't you? <laughs> There's some people who didn't participate in any sort of violent activity that are still behind bars. Uh, you know, with the with the a trespassing charge and we'll get into this a little bit more later but nobody outside of galane maxwell and jeffrey epstein have been brought to justice for the horrific things that took place at pedophile island all of the people that flew down there and did those god-awful things none of them have been brought to justice but we got the guy with the panda head (laughs) thank god we can all sleep easy at night now Uh, More legal stuff today. The Supreme Court hearing opening arguments for Biden's student debt forgiveness program. Wonderful. This is Poppy Harlow. She is one of the folks on that CNN morning show that nobody watches. And even she, it kind of sounds like she's not all in on this. President himself in a CNN uh, town hall in Milwaukee last year questioned and, and actually laid out the limits of his authority. Listen to this. I'm prepared to write off the $10,000 debt, um, but not 50. Mr. President, let me ask you, because I don't think I have the authority to do it by sign of the pen. Then Speaker Pelosi said this in 2001 about the limits, again, of what you can do without an act of Congress. Here she was. People think that the president of the United States has the power for debt forgiveness. He does not. He can postpone. He can delay. But he does not have that power. That would has to be an act of Congress. She later said in 2022, actually, we do have this power. But you can see those are two key people actually, in the administration and the then speaker saying there are limits to this authority. And that's the real legal question here. That is the past her prime Poppy Harlow, according to Don <laughs> Lamont, her co-host. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's you could go. There's clip after clip of, of liberals, uh, uh, Democrats saying that the president doesn't have the authority to forgive student debt, and then and then Pelosi goes, "Oh, never mind. Uh, he does. I didn't know what I was talking about earlier. <laughs> Screw uh, it. Just yeah, forget I ever said that. Right? Never mind. Can we erase that clip off TV? No, you got to go through Congress, and it's it's Joe Biden pushing the limits of his executive authority here. He knows he wasn't going to get passed. He knows there was going to be several injunctions and and judges looking at this and now it's in front of the supreme court and you know sorry to tell you that's a heavily conservative supreme court they got the numbers and it doesn't look like the old debt forgiveness thing is going to be an actual thing and this is how biden has governed governed since he came in promising a bunch of ridiculous crap that you know 
can't hold up to the Supreme Court. And when it ultimately comes back to you, all you have to do now is, well, we wanted to give it to you, but that evil Republican Supreme Court, (laughs) they won't let you have it, knowing damn well it wasn't constitutional to begin with. It's all about the TV ads. It's smoke and mirrors. It's the Hammer and Nigel Show. 52 at the American Standard Heating Weather Center at 93 WIBC. This situation absolutely requires a really futile and stupid gesture be done on somebody's part. We're just the guys to do it. Hammer and Nigel on 93 WIBC. Well, Hammer coming up at the 4 o'clock. They are letting non-citizens vote in local elections in Washington, D.C. What could possibly go wrong? Uh, we'll check on. Uh, we'll check in there. We'll check in with the uh, wheeling, dealing, hair sniffing Joe Biden um, and uh, a bunch of fun stuff a little bit after 4 o'clock. I saw this and I was thinking, eh, I don't know. I, you, might be, you might be fired up about this, though. Wendy's Chili. I've always, I've always enjoyed a good Wendy's Chili Cup. I'm with you. I haven't been to. I did go to Wendy's and I had a negative experience last week. I'll tell you about that in a minute. But Wendy's Chili's coming to grocery stores nationwide. So you could buy it, you know, in your freezer section and just warm it up and boom goes the dynamite. You got some Wendy's Chili. I don't know if it's frozen. I mean, probably in a can or something like that. Okay. Okay. Uh, But last week I went through the drive thru with my kid at Chili's. Got the car washed at uh, Prime there on Michigan Road, and then he saw Wendy's and he wanted a burger. And I'm like, all right, pulled in. And it looked like there was like one person working the drive-thru there. Uh, and I, listen, I, I ordered a plain burger, medium fries, and then I also ordered separately uh, like a number five, which was a 10-piece chicken nugget meal. So I should have got another fry chicken nuggets and a drink sure $17 for mm. $17 <laughs> Wendy's I'm like what and then to add insult to injury and get back out on the road we're almost home and they shorted me a fry oh come on At 17 the seven it, because it was $17 it was I, I was just about to turn around and go back uh, but we were we were already so close to home. And going back, man, is so much work, and it's such a pain in the butt. And I didn't have they didn't give me a receipt or anything. I mean, my kid loved the burger. Wendy's is good, man. No, I like. I, I, I haven't had one of their burgers in a while, but that that just that just rubbed me raw. That that, that was salty. Did you not get a frosty when you went? Because I, I have not, to get a frosty I did when I go to Wendy's. Not get a frosty. Didn't didn't think about it. You know, I miss the salad bar that they used to have in Wendy's. Are you old enough to remember the salad bar that they used to have inside? Like, believe it or not, looking at me now, you probably can't tell. I used to love a good salad bar. (laughs) And you'd go into Wendy's, man. I would have never imagined looking at you (laughs) that you like salad bars. But yeah, I remember Wendy's. They were good. And Marsh used to have an awesome salad bar up, too. Now, obviously, there's no Marshes anywhere anymore, but... I miss a good salad bar where you could walk in like Ru- in a fast food type restaurant. Ruby Tuesdays always had a decent salad bar. And that's a fast food. That was a sit down restaurant. Right. Do you remember Ruby Tuesdays? Yeah. I think they're still around. Um, 
the, the one that I knew of that was right next to LA Fitness on the west side off 38th Street is gone. Is that I one think. in Greenwood still open, no or did idea. that close too? I'm know. not sure. Uh, but yeah, I miss the good old fashioned days of Wendy's where the table had that wrap on it, and it was the design that looked like old headlines from old newspapers. Yes, you, you know what I'm talking yes. about. Yes. Oh yeah, man, I would have never come up with that though. You I get the salad that. bar, you sit on the table that's there by that like window thing. They have like this greenery room where the yeah. it's sun is shining in yeah. on you. Telling you, man, that and Pizza Hut, where you would go into the Pizza Hut, you'd play something on the jukebox, you'd sit down at your booth, and they'd bring you out those red cups and the big-ass pan. Uh And the pan is about 500 degrees. piping hot deep dish pan. That's the best. Absolutely. Well, the Noble Romans... Uh, the the one I think one of the original ones is still open on 10th Street on the West Side by Ben Davis. Yeah, uh, that's that's one of the OGs of pizza places. It and, is, and and you know walking up on those little steps and you can watch them make the pizza through the giant window. I put this on Twitter the other night. It's interesting you bring up Noble Romans because I saw an ad for that 10th Street Noble Romans and I looked at the monster and I thought, you know what? That's a pretty damn scary monster. <laughs> like, I don't think the Noble Romans monster gets the credit it deserves for being frightening. Like, imagine if that big blue thing with those pink lips and the big teeth was running at you in the middle of the night with a big butcher's knife. Oh my gosh, I'm looking at it right now. I thought you were talking about Godfather's Pizza there, but no, you're right. That blue thing with the with the green nose yeah that's that's horrific right imagine a little kid (laughs) you know walking into noble romans and that thing scaring at you (laughs) no thank you whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits long live listening to your favorites learn more about cascali ribocyclob 200 milligrams at kisqali.com and talk to your doctor to see if cascali is right for you Hammer and Nigel. Can you believe these characters are weirdos? On 93 WIBC. So let's rock it. I'm Nigel. Hammer's over there. Sometimes I think um, we've watered down what it means to be an American citizen. To be an American citizen doesn't mean what it used to mean anymore. I mean, between progressives calling for blanket amnesty... Uh, for people that are here illegally to the wide open border, to Indiana legislators, Republican legislators, going all in on driver's licenses for people that are here illegally, um, for, uh, you know, incentivizing people to come here, sanctuary cities, free health care, free education, overwhelming the border. Why would you, if you're somebody that wants to come to the United States and live, why would you even want to do it legally? What's the point? And that's what the Biden administration wants, because they want to find a way to get you to vote in elections, because they'll view that as like a payback. Hey, you know how we kind of bent the rules and let you come into this country and let you vote and gave you a driver's license? How about you pay us back? How about you keep us in charge? That's all this is about. vote buying, just like debt forgiveness is a form of of buying votes. It's it's really just kind of depressing sometimes to think that that being an American citizen doesn't mean what it used to mean, especially when you could come here 
across the border illegally and have no consequences. I would want to come here too if I lived in some of these asshole countries. And I want people to be here and succeed and thrive in this country. I want you to do it the right way. I have relatives. I have a relative that literally took her years and thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars to finally become an American citizen. It was a big day. My, you know, the family got dressed up and went to the courthouse and, and it was a whole big ceremony. But I, I think really... When you look at it from big picture, it's been watered down what it means to be an American citizen. And the reason we're bringing this up is a local Washington, D.C. bill will let non-citizens vote in local elections starting as soon as next year. That's now the law. Per the Washington, D.C. Council, the 30-day congressional review period during which reps and senators can push to block bills ended last week meaning non-citizens will be able to vote in local elections in D.C. as soon as next year. That bill is now the law. And we live in a copycat society where I'm telling you, people like Boss Hogsett see that. Other progressive mayors see that. Well, we should be doing that here in our city as well. Now, keep this in mind. Embassies are located in Washington, D.C., International embassies. Okay? Yeah, like the Chinese embassy. So now we have all these diplomat and intelligence officers from the Chinese embassy, the Russian governments voting in American elections. Let that sink in for just a moment. No, I don't want it to sink in. I can't let that sink in. That's too. That's crazy. That's nutto. That's that's Washington D.C. for you. Though. And I'm telling you, people like Joe Hogsett see that, and they're like. Hot damn, this is a great idea. Gets on the phone, calls Vop Osley, gets all the other good time party boys from the city county council lined up, which is a super majority for Democrats. I'm telling you, we laugh at this here in Indianapolis. Don't be shocked if crap like this starts to spread all over the country. Let me ask you this. Let's bring it back to Indiana and legislation there uh, on driver's licenses for people that are non-citizens that are here illegally, but are paying into the, the tax system here. But they are here. They are non-citizens, and are. Uh, th- I think to me, like I listen to Tony Katz and Rob Kendall, and they're vehemently against stuff like that. And and for me, it's it's a little more of a nuanced conversation because if they are here and they are paying into the system, then I like I don't know where I don't know where I I don't have a hard stance on that one. But what I'm saying is it's things like that and it's things like the incentives for people to cross illegally that have watered down what it means to be an American citizen. And I, I just that's a, that that specific issue is, is, is a tough one for me. Since we're speaking about Washington, D.C., let's check in with the man in charge. Let's check in with wheeling, dealing, hair sniffing, kiss stealing Joe, Joe Biden. Biden. I got hairy legs. Look, fat. Look, kiss again. Look, fat. Thank you, uh, Dr. Pepper. (laughs) So Joe Biden was doing a speech at Virginia Beach today. And I don't know how we got to this point, but he was talking about a nurse that he used to have back in the day named Pearl Nelson. And I'm just going to let Joe Biden tell the story. Pearl Nelson, military. She'd come in and do things that I don't think you learn in medical school, <laughs> nursing school. What? She'd whisper in my ear. I didn't, couldn't understand him. She'd whisper, she'd lean down. 
He'd actually breathe on me to make sure that I was, that there was a connection, a human connection. She even went home and brought back her pillow. What? the hell was he talking about? They don't teach you in nursing school to breathe on your patients? And to, like, whisper in their ear? If you go to our Twitter right now, at Hammer and Nigel. It was so creepy that she learned a lot. I'm sure they didn't teach her in nursing school. I think I found Pearl. So if you go to our Twitter, at Hammer and Nigel, (laughs) I think I found Pearl that he was talking about. It's our old Hammer and Nigel spokesmodel, the Watsons girl. Sure. Miss Jennifer. Love her. Yeah, it sounded like this when she'd breathe on me. <sighs> That's so creepy. That is so gross. So she'd touch me in my thighs, and the hairy legs stood up on its end. <laughs> and she jumped on my lap. And I love having people on my lap. It's funny because these are things Joe Biden has actually said. Yeah, We're not just making up creepy stuff. They didn't teach you to breathe on me in nursing school, did they, Pearl? And you know he said uh, it with a whisper, too. Oh, can you bring that pillow? <laughs> bring the pillow. That's where he learned to whisper when he's giving his speeches, is Pearl. Thanks, Pearl. Uh, meanwhile, a weirdo, man. The good doctor, Dr. Jill Biden, says that her <laughs> husband still intends to run for re-election, but he's just been too busy. Well, he said he intends to run, um, so nothing's been planned yet. I think, you know, he's been so busy with uh, being in Ukraine, uh, handling some of the crises at home. Uh, so I, I think, you know, he's not, he's putting that first. He's putting... America's business before he's putting his own. What he's putting Ukraine before America <laughs> is what he's doing. He's putting Ukraine's borders before the southern border is what he's been doing. Good Dr. Jill. Right. Yeah, I, I don't believe. And what crisis is he handling at home? Well, they ran out of pudding, and <laughs> that's taking a lot of his time. I mean, like he didn't he didn't show up to East Palestine. Nope. Has no plans on going. Did not want to go. Um, you know what? I'll let my uh, dweeby transportation secretary show up and and look like a goofball with the uh, the the helmet and the the protective eyewear and the bright orange colored vest. You, you didn't see Donald Trump wearing any of that stuff, did you? When he went the day before, <laughs> like. And the thing is, for somebody that hates all-white construction crews, Pete Buttigieg was part of an all-white construction crew out there on the grounds of East Palestine. We're, we're, we're going to fix the racism on construction sites. Oh, you guys want clean water? I can't help that. I've got nothing for you there. I mean, honestly, the reaction in Flint, Michigan was quite different than the reaction from uh, East Palestine, for sure. No question in my mind. Checking in with Joe Biden. So yesterday... Biden was doing a black history speech and thought that it would be good. It'd be in his wheelhouse to pander just a little bit to the urban community. And by the way, you know, I'm not, I, I, I may be a white boy, but I'm not stupid. Well, fact check, you're both. <laughs> you're white and you're stupid. What did he, hold on, what did he say? Can you play that one more time, Allison? And by the way. You know, I'm not. I, I, I may be a white boy, but I'm not stupid. <laughs> I may be a white boy, but I'm not stupid. Uh, there's a tinge of racism there, 
like little bit. White people are, are the, yeah, we're all dumb. We're all inherently stupid. Especially when you're talking yeah. to a group of black people. Sure, yeah. That's what you want to do. So this brings <laughs> us to an all new segment called Great Moments in Joe Biden Folksy Racism History. <laughs> it's not mean if you laugh and you say, I'm not joking. Here is, a, of course, one of our favorite clips that we play from time to time where Joe Biden was doing an interview with radio host and television host Charlemagne the God. If you have a problem figuring out whether you're for me or Trump, then you ain't black. So if you don't like Joe Biden, you ain't black. I, I still don't know how he got away with that one. That's one of the most egregious. Like, you don't know how to think for yourself if you don't know whether to vote for me or Trump. I'll tell you how to think. You're not an African-American if you vote for Trump, is what he was saying. Back in 2008, a hot mic caught Joe Biden saying these things about Barack Obama. I mean, you got the first sort of mainstream African-American yeah. who is articulate and bright and, and, and clean and nice-looking guy. I mean, it's, that's a storybook, man. Yeah. The first mainstream African-American that was articulate and clean. <laughs> Good Lord. <laughs> what the hell is wrong with you? Folksy racism at its finest. Uh, we got time for one more here, Nigel. I'm going to have a little choose your own adventure. Do you want to hear Joe Biden talking about the convenience stores in Delaware? Or do you want to hear him talking about poor kids? Oh, you got to go convenience store, please. Seven you cannot go to a 7-Eleven or a Dunkin' Donuts unless you have a slight Indian accent. Oh. I'm not joking. <laughs> he had to reinforce his racist stereotype trope with I'm not joking. Great moments in Joe Biden, <laughs> folksy racism history. We gotta add that that the nurse used to come in and breathe on me. <laughs> I think we've gotta add that to Biden madness, don't we? We've gotta replace one with the we, we gotta figure that one out. I don't know. The field is pretty solid. Ever and Nigel presents is It depends upon what the meaning of the word is. Yeah. Is this Anything Hammer, how do we play Is This Anything? I am going to run a couple stories by you. You tell us if it's anything or not. Dateline, New Jersey. A New Jersey man walked across the United States to raise money for the National Coalition for Homeless Veterans. It took him 143 days. Wow. Here he is talking about raising almost 100 grand for this awesome cause. People were very helpful the whole way through. Going a few days, you know, walking through the desert without seeing any people, except for, you know, the ones driving by in their car was, was kind of tasking at points. But I wouldn't have left if I wasn't confident in myself being able to finish it. This is always something I've been pretty passionate about, you know, helping out the veterans in any way I can, just because I have nothing but respect and reverence for what they do for this country. Just yeah. the thought of them coming home um, and being homeless doesn't sit right with me. Yeah, sure. That's something uh, that's that's amazing. What a great cause. Uh, our friend Brian Alvey does something maybe somewhat a little bit similar um, here in Indiana uh, locally. Uh, he's a, a, a the Warrior 110. Yeah, the Warrior 110 military uh, a veteran raising money for veterans. But it really just burns me that that homeless veterans are treated worse than some of these people that have crossed illegally and now are living the life in sanctuary cities getting free health care shelter food 
living in in hotel in fancy hotels in Manhattan, and yet we have homeless veterans that are out on the street. Now, look, I'm not trying to say some of their some of them are there on their own doing. All right, you got to hold people responsible for their actions. But it's just what does it say to you? This country treats illegal immigrants better than they do home homeless veterans. It's a problem. It's a big problem. You're absolutely right. Is this anything? A woman broke the world record for the largest collection of four-leaf clovers. The record has finally been broken. I was wondering when that was going to happen. Here is Gabriella talking about how she started collecting the plants that eventually led to her owning 118,791 four-leaf clovers. I actually found one randomly in 2010 when I was walking back from college class, and it was just really magical feeling. They just popped out at you, and then I kept finding them, and then eventually when I moved to Madison, I started trying to find them. I would go out and walk intentionally, and it became a very soothing experience. No, this is nothing. I think these world records, these Guinness world records have jumped the shark. And by the way, would it surprise you that Gabriella also holds the world record for most cats owned by one woman <laughs> there's oh. no way she owns the record for cats i mean she was in know. contention though <laughs> i mean these these world records they don't make any sense anymore it's so it's they literally jump the shot yes i i hold the world record for the largest number of pins i can fit into my pocket protector now hold on what i'm hearing from you is that you want to play great moments in world, world record, record history. history. How about the guy that set the world record for most fist bumps? Three, two, one, go. Stop. Come on! That is 297 fist bumps in 30 seconds. However, 24 of them had to be disqualified because they didn't meet the fist bump qualification set by Guinness. New record, 273 fist bumps in 30 seconds. Come on. Does that do anything for you, Nige? No, it does not. Okay, how about this one? The Guinness record for fastest time to pop 100 balloons with your feet. Three, two, one, go. Twenty-three sixty-nine. <laughs> Come on, that has to move the needle for you. Know what, if, 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 it would have moved the, it would have moved the needle for me if it was Guinness World Record fastest time to pop hundred balloons with your crank. That would have been world record. That would have been impressive. Okay, so what you're telling me is that you want to hear a guy set the record for biting aluminum cans in half. <laughs> now this is impressive. That's what it would sound like if you used your crank. It's Three, two, one, stop. In your attempt today, okay. 36. I've had enough. <laughs> Great moments in world records history. It's the Hammer and Nigel Show. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. You people disgust me. Hammer and Nigel on 93 WIBC. So Hammer, Michigan Governor Gretchen Whitmer is another one of those 
COVID nineteen hypocrites. Was she on the was she in the bracket last year? She had multiple entries in the bracket last year of COVID hypocrisy madness. Yeah, and one of them was uh, her trip to Florida to see her dad while she told people in her state to stay home and don't go anywhere. And uh, and and her excuse was, well, I wasn't at spring break. I was seeing my elderly uh, ill father. Well, a lot of people wanted to see their elderly ill parents and weren't allowed. I think she had three entries in the field last year. There was the incident at the restaurant, moving all the tables together. That's right, because you are only allowed six at a table because of science. And then trying to get the boat out when she told people, hey, (laughs) you know, don't go get the boats out. Yeah, exactly. So... She's at it again. I can't believe she got reelected. Or maybe, you know, the people of Michigan got what they wanted. You know, she is catching some heat. She had a big night out last week during a severe winter storm in her state that caused 700,000 Michigan residents to uh, go without power. This giant storm last week uh, in Michigan. Uh, knocked out power for hundreds of thousands of people in Michigan, and she decided to go out to some uh, musical called Jagged Little Pill. It's like a musical, like a musical jukebox, that, like a musical concert uh, kind of thing, right? And it's it's all Alanis Morissette songs, and it, there's pictures of her enjoying herself, um, and you know, there's another p- picture of a, another a Michigan State rep that went to Vegas during this time. It's just really dumb, bad optics from somebody who's not very good at her job now listen if you want to go watch that show be our guest but when there's an emergency going on you have to work right we talked about pete Buttigieg earlier there was a crisis going on in ohio but he couldn't be bothered during personal time with chaston well same thing with michigan there's seven hundred thousand people in your state without power and instead of being you know in the governor's mansion being a hard ass calling up these electric companies and talking to meteorologists you went and saw the show. But even if she wasn't doing that, the, the optics are just horrible. Even if she's just sitting in the governor's mansion eating bonbons and not doing a thing, at least she doesn't have a picture of her arm in arm with a bunch of other chicks at some lame musical, uh, while 700,000 Michigan residents go without power. And then she tweet, she tried to tweet out some, she, the next day she tweeted out pictures of her shaking hands with utility workers. See? See, I was here. I got my photo op with the utility workers and the power lines. Here's me shaking hands with some guy in a, a, flan- a yellow jacket and a hard hat. Like, there were so many people that were just taking matters in their own hands. They were going out to the roads and removing trees. Did you see the video of Jim Harbaugh yes. doing that? Jim Harbaugh was yeah. out there just moving trees out of the road so cars can go by and doing things like that. Meanwhile, the governor is out there playing grab ass with people singing "Isn't it ironic?" on stage. <laughs> but, but hey, by the way, again, please. The next day, she tweeted out pictures of her shaking hands with power line workers. So, th- this is all for naught. Tudor Dixon, who ran against Gretchen yeah, and she, lost, she was a good candidate. Uh, she got beat, but her. she put out this statement in regards to that photo that Gretchen Whitmer put out. "Quote: Jim Harbaugh helps remove down." trees and serves as neighbors trapped without power. Meanwhile, Gretchen Whitmer rocks out to 90s tunes from Jagged Little Pill <laughs> while 700,000 are left in the cold. 
just, I mean, and it doesn't matter to her. It doesn't affect her one way or the other. They reelected her. She's got that office for about a few more years. So she's not going anywhere. I'll do whatever I want. So what? Hundreds of, hundreds of thousands of my constituents are without power. But you know what? I think I'm going to go kick it to uh, Alanis Morissette tunes all night with my girls, with my besties. That's kind of how oh. Indianapolis is with Ryan Mears. Oh, another serious violent felon got out. Oh, he has like 13 different felonies and he committed another crime. Well, what can you do about it? Because we elected Ryan Mears again and Joe Hawksett's running for the mayor's office again this year. You keep electing the same clowns. Don't act like you're surprised when the circus gets bigger. Uh, Allison, cue up the band. Let's do another round of Is It Racist? Oh, it's another time one? to play Is It Racist? Now, if you're in town for the NFL Combine and maybe you've turned on your radio <laughs> and you're not quite sure how we play this game, here to explain the rules is AOC. Is it racist? Is something racist? Yes or no? All right. Now we're all on the same page. Actor Brian Cranston was on CNN's Who's Talking to Chris Wallace on Sunday and explained why he believes... It should be named Who's Watching Chris Wallace. (laughs) (laughs) That would be a better appropriate name. He explained why he believes the phrase MAGA, Make America Great Again, is a racist remark. How did we get to a point where we treated other human beings as slaves and were okay with that? When I see the Make America Great Again, my comment is, do you accept that that could possibly be construed as a racist remark? And most people, a lot of people go, how could that be racist? Make America Great Again? I said, so just ask yourself from an African-American experience, when was it ever Uh, great in America for the African-American? When was it great? So if you're making it great again, it's not including them. So it's to teach us in the woke world to open up and accept the possibilities that our privilege has created blind spots for us. And maybe I haven't seen what is really happening yet in all my years. Oh, my God, he's still talking. That is so cringe, man. Just, you know what, go get a script and memorize your lines and pretend to be somebody else in front of a camera. What are you talking about? Make America great. Like uh, like Abraham Lincoln freed the slaves. That was pretty great. And I like how he's speaking for all black people. He's the this, voice of the urban this, community. This rich, white, elite Hollywood actor worth, you know, $100 million is saying, when did, when did African Americans ever have it great in this country? What are you talking about? That's not even what the slogan means, you dope. It's about a feeling of patriotism. It's about a feeling that we can all get together and work together and do a little homework. Okay, if you don't like the way things are happening here, research places in Africa, places in Darfur, because the United States is one of, if not the only country that has fought a war to eliminate slavery and has had multiple rights updates throughout throughout every single decade to make things easier for different types of people. Pretty sure the Emancipation Proclamation was was. You know, look, man, I I I just we elected a black president twice, <laughs> back to back. Indiana, Indiana voted for Obama the first time around. Indiana. So, um, I wonder if the black community. Ex- do they accept Brian Cranston as one of their own? Their spokesperson, right? Yeah, just, you know, 
your job is to pretend to be somebody else in front of a camera. Go do that. <laughs> that's that's the, and it's a pretty good gig. You're listening to the Hammer and Nigel Show on 93 WIPC. So you all know what Cameo is, right? It's this app that uh, celebrities are on and they can and you can pay to have, you know, celebrities leave you personal messages on video. Right. Um so I thought this was interesting that <laughs> Rick Flair, a former wrestler, said that uh, even though he doesn't wrestler, wrestle anymore, he still he still interacts with the fans pretty good. And he says he's made over $700,000 from Cameo. He's 700 grand just from doing Cameo videos. How much does he charge? 500 bucks a pop. Was oh, it that? Well, I guess so. To get the nature boy. <laughs> and listen, man, he People. delivers. He delivers. If you've ever heard Ric Flair cut a promo, you know the dude brings the energy. Now, Buddy Landell, <laughs> it's so hard for me to sit back here in this studio looking at a guy out here hollering my name when last year I spent more money on spilled liquor <laughs> from one side of this world to the other than you made. You're talking to the Rolex wearing diamond ring wearing kiss stealing woo, wheel and dealing limousine riding jet flying son of a gun and I'm having a hard time holding these alligators down. <laughs> All right, so before we so, play our game so here. That'll, that'll cost you $500 right. if you want one of those. I want everybody to go around the room. On a count of three, your best Ric Flair woo. Okay, if you're in your car, if you're at work, you have to participate. In the newsroom, I want to hear you guys too. A Ric Flair woo on a count of three. One, two, three. Woo! Well done, Allison. <laughs> I think I blew out a vocal cord with that. Cue up the band because now... We are going to play Cameo Price is Right. Oh, man. I'm no good at this. You've we, never won this game. I, we used to, this, me and Kyle, our, and Mondo, our old producer. So there uh, is a. He always won. Shot of hiatus tequila on the line. The winner Ooh. gets to choose. Do you want to take it or do you want to give it to the loser here? Okay. okay. Now, I've got five celebrities. You have to tell me how much they charge for a cameo. Closest without going over is the winner. Okay. All right. First up, Allison, we're going to start with you. Ladies I'm first. Sugar Ray frontman Mark McGrath. How much does he charge for cameo? I don't even know who that is. Oh come on! Every uh, morning there's a I just want to fly. Okay. Put your arms around me, baby. baby. Okay, I would say a hundred. I'd do 120. Nobody wins. Both went over $90. Oh. $90 for Mark Why not just go to 100? There's got to be a reason. All right. So, Nigel, we go to you. Okay. New York City icon, the naked cowboy. How much does he charge for cameo? Uh, The guy that plays guitar in his underwear. That's the one. Street corner with the cowboy hat. No more than $20. Allison? Uh, I think he's going to go a little far. I think like around 50 Bingo. Right on the nose. Allison, $50. Pay $50 for that idiot. <laughs> the naked cowboy. Okay, Allison, we're back to you. Actor, and I'm using air quotes, comedian Tom Arnold. Roseanne's ex. Right. Uh, 
he said he was on Roseanne. He used to be married to Roseanne. Yeah. Okay, I don't know who this is either. Uh, I'm going to go with uh, See, it's not fair, 120. It? Okay, I'll go... I'll go 100. Bingo, Nigel, right on oh. the nose. 100 bucks for Tom Arnold. Okay. Uh, you would probably best recognize him, Allison, from the Austin Powers movie. He was on the toilet next to Austin <laughs> okay, Powers. Okay. <laughs> hey, okay. take it easy over there. going to blow out an O-ring. <laughs> All right. Uh, I think, Nigel, we're at you. IU head coach Mike Woodson. He's on Cameo. Oh, that's oh hilarious. How much does he charge? Uh, $350. Allison? I don't think it would that high. I'd say 100 $130. Oh, okay. Okay, so, Nige, you need to get this next one right just for a tie. Allison, you can win with this one. Okay. Actor, star of MASH, Jamie Farr. He's still alive? <laughs> He's still alive. He's on Cameo. How much does he charge, Nige? Can't believe he could work a camera. Uh, $85. Allison. Oh, I think he's worth a little more. I'm going to say 110. 125 dollars. Allison is the winner. Never. Nigel's ever. losing streak continues. I'd never win these things. Who would? How much was Jamie Farr? 125 dollars. Was he the? Was he the crossdresser in Mash? Was he the guy that dressed <laughs> up like was. a lady? He was. Okay. So Allison, now you make the decision. Do you want to take this awesome shot of hiatus tequila, or do you want to pass it over to Nige? I would like to take it, please. Okay. You know what, Nige? Oh. Can you and I take it too? <laughs> So this game was all for not. We just happened to have extra shot glasses in the studio. We're all taking a shot. Yes. All right, sure. To Allison for winning her first round. Cheers. Ah, It's burning my lungs. (laughs) It's the Hammer and Nigel show. That was good. Yeah. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. and Nigel. Can you believe these characters are weirdos? On 93 WIBC. So let's rock it! Uh, my name is Nigel, Jason Hammer right over there. Uh, Governor Holcomb is putting his foot down. I don't want that toxic chemical wastes from Ohio in Indiana. But that's exactly what's happening. Federal government EPA is sending train loads to uh, Rochdale, I believe. Uh, a Putnam landfill, County. Uh, a landfill in Indiana. Now, you've heard uh, at the top of the bottom of the hour, WIBC Newsroom has, has gotten in touch with the people in Putnam County that run this, this toxic waste dump. And they said, look, we can handle it. We do this thing all the time. This is what we do. This is our job. And I'm sure they want the contract right i'm sure they want the 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 dollars but um governor holcomb it's like he heard about this third hand right he put out a statement and said wait a minute i'm just now hearing about this third hand that you're going to put all this chemical all this stuff from the east palestine ohio uh you're going to transport it halfway across ohio then halfway across indiana um aren't there other facilities closer by that you could probably do this now, this place in Rochdale is a specialized landfill yeah. where they have the ability to put chemicals like this under wraps, right? They've got like the rubber and the plastic, and they've got the ability to seal all this up. It's a specialized landfill. Yeah. But 
it's funny to me, the governor is acting like Johnny Tough Guy right now, but where was this gunslinger attitude when people were marching up and down the streets and demanding this and demanding that, and you gave a meet and greet to Malik Muhammad, people wanted their businesses to open up, you wagged your finger at him and called him a Petri dish, but now you're going to act like Mr. Billy Badass, this is it? Come on. And I, I think he knows, too, that I don't know if, like, I really don't know if he has any legal recourse, especially when this is considered, you might consider this interstate commerce. So, like, like the EPA, they can put it wherever they want, as long as somebody's willing to accept it. I think Holcomb, if he had any gonads at all, would uh, ship it to Martha's Vineyard. <laughs> oh, how beautiful would that be? Could you imagine? <laughs> there's a big, there's a big tanker train that just just dumped right in front of Kamala Harris's residence. <laughs> the big Norfolk train comes rolling in. Wow, I've never seen that train before. <laughs> By the way, Norfolk is the one that's actually shipping this stuff. What, what could possibly go wrong there? <laughs> <laughs> Same company whose train derailed and sent just plumes of toxic chemical smoke billowing into the air are now shipping that same hazardous waste. I'd be a little, hey, look, man, if I lived in Rochdale, I, I don't, I don't want that crap around me. Who knows what? But look, that company says that they, that they know what they're doing. Um, but I do like that Holcomb is putting his foot down and at least asking questions and is pushing back. Remember that debate where Donald Trump was on stage with Jeb Bush and Jeb was trying to be like a tough guy and Donald Trump just looked at him. Yeah, you're a real tough guy, Jeb. <laughs> That's kind of where yeah. I'm at with Governor Holcomb low today. Energy, low energy, Jeb. Oh, yeah, you're a real tough guy. <laughs> real tough guy. Maybe Malik Muhammad can help you make some decisions here. Ridiculous. Uh, another story you've heard from our news crew is that there was uh, some gross stuff found in like the cafeteria part of ben davis high school oh no the mouse stuff the mouse stuff marion county health officials found multiple health code violations at the ben davis cafeteria they sent a letter to the families the district said that health officials found mouse droppings and a door gap in the back that allowed clearly mice to get in Uh, According to the health inspection documents, mice droppings were found in eight different places. So the school staff, they shut down, they sanitized everything, and they claimed that they were fixing that gap in the door today. This was a statement sent from the Ben Davis School District. Quote, thanks to the overnight work of our custodial and child nutrition staff and collaboration, with the Marion County Health Department, the cafeteria will resume regular meal oh. service today at lunch. So dilly burgers and pizzas again for the kids there at Ben Davis. No mouse droppings. No mouse droppings, but eight different locations is a bad look. Now, listen, I'm not one to carry the water for Ben Davis because I think they've done a lot of shady stuff. Right when CRT was kind of coming into the forefront and people were starting to be aware of what was going on. If you remember, Ben Davis had a section on their website for the teachers, but I guess they forgot to make it private and it was available. And myself and Rob Uh, Kendall found it and my wife, who was teaching at the time, not at Ben Davis, but still teaching, she found it and then magically... It was gone. (laughs) Oops. Somebody get the IT engineer on the phone for Ben Davis. Right. We said the quiet part out loud. That wasn't supposed to be visible for everybody. Uh, But (laughs) 
I wonder how many of these major, massive schools have some sort of problems with them. Now, it sounds like this cracked door was the biggest problem because that allowed the rodents to get in and poop all over the place. But we some of these schools a, are just so big. We, but but you should have um, traps outside, these giant plastic black traps or silver traps that sit outside with, with poison inside them um, all around the school. I thought that was like uh, supposed to be a thing. It is, it is at our We have them at our house. And we got rid of our mouse problem in a in a hurry. We set those. You know what I'm talking about? Those plastic yeah. box traps with a hole right. in them, and then the rats will come eat the poison and then pass it on to all their little rat buddies. Or well, maybe the rats buddies. had an option here. Do I want to eat that crap or go inside here where I've got all this food in this cafeteria? And it's not gonna kill me. Right. You're yeah. right. Uh, so that's uh, that's pretty gross on behalf of the Ben Davis uh, folks, but they claim they've got a handle on it now and all as well. Did you ever did you ever eat the Dilly Burgers when you were a kid? Do you know what that was? I know what Dilly bars are from Dairy no, Queen. I don't the, know what a Dilly, Dilly I think burger the Dilly is. Dilly burger is like it was gross because it was like ground beef mixed in with like uh, with pickles and stuff like that. But it wasn't really a hamburger. But it was just like it was like. Maybe maybe I've got the name wrong, but it wasn't like it was a sloppy Joe, but without the sauce. It was just I know how you beef. kids like them. <laughs> nice and sloppy. Did, I, did you ever at any point say, lady, you're scaring us? <laughs> yes, it's when I was in sixth grade at North Salem. <laughs> of course. Uh, man, I, my favorite memory of like school lunches, and I don't know why we thought this was a great meal, but the square pizza with the big thing of Jello. Yeah. Like, yeah the, the, right now, if someone brought that to you, you'd be like, I don't want to eat that. But back then, man, that felt like it was Thanksgiving feast. Uh, the fritters. Pork fritter day. Oh, yeah. Uh, Salisbury steak day was uh, was also a big one when I was a kid. Yeah. What yeah. else? What else? What else am I missing? I once got sick eating an ill-colored hot dog at school. Yeah, the hot dogs. Uh, they sit in that warm water. Right. It's like the gas station hot dogs, right? Uh, no, no, no. The gas station hot dogs sit on those rollers. They kind of grill them and keep them warm. Right. Right? Yeah, but they're there for a while. <laughs> I would think that the powers that be that run the gas station switch them out and make sure they're fresh. Right? Don't you trust? The I think gas you're station? asking a lot from the gas station <laughs> staff. You, you go into the gas station a lot from, uh, more often than I do, like every day. You got to get that stuff while it's fresh. Like if you walk in there, like at eight o'clock at night. Like sometimes when we're coming home, and I'll stop at the Speedway gas station by my house, <laughs> and I see that they still have the breakfast sandwiches in there, still warm. Man, those have been there for a while. I'm probably going to sit this one out. <laughs> but if it's like a get-go cafe and they got those fresh steak sandwiches in there, Hell yeah. dude, those things are yeah, good. Chicken sandwiches, too. Man. And the breakfast sandwiches are, are decent. Yes. I am a connoisseur you of are. gas station food. and uh, Very yeah, impressive. I'm, uh, I'm in. I'm all in. The Hammer and Nigel Show. Hello, my name is Nigel. Jason Hammer is here. The 15 dumbest myths that people still believe. That 81 million people voted for Joe Biden. <laughs> Am I allowed to say that? That's or? number one on the list, actually. <laughs> so people on social media are talking about the dumbest myths people still believe. Uh, like the seven-year gum thing was mentioned. Here's some others. Whoa, 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 whoa. What's the seven-year gum you, thing? You, you swallow gum. 
Oh, you swallow a piece of gum and stays in your system for seven years. Oh. You never heard that? No. You've never heard that urban legend? No, I name? haven't. Yeah. I heard the Richard Gere thing. I've heard the Rod Stewart <laughs> thing, but I've never heard the gum one. And those were and those were without the benefit of the internet. <laughs> right? That's that's how quickly those rumors Just got word of started. mouth. Um, lie detectors is a literal thing. They record stress responses, which might signal when someone is lying or not, depending on how a person's body reacts or if they're anxious, but they're not admissible in court for any reason whatsoever. So you could say, yeah, I took a lie detector, I passed it, but you can't introduce that evidence in court. That's how sometimes inaccurate they could be. I'd be so nervous taking a lie detector. Well, yeah. They could ask me, what is your name? And I'd be thinking about it so much, they'd probably think I was lying. Here's a good one. Uh, there's always a dramatic reading of a person's will. I've seen that in movies a bunch of times. With, with everyone in the room. Um, and estate lawyers will tell you, that may have happened like 150 years ago, but in reality, they just mail everyone a copy if they want it. That's how you find out. What was the Clint Eastwood movie, Get Off My Lawn? Remember uh, Gran Torino? Gran Torino, yeah. They had a big will reading with everybody in the room at the end of that movie. Did they really? And he gave the to Gran remember. Torino to oh, the yeah, kid. Oh, yeah, the kid. Right, right, right. Um, this is funny. I always, I always believe this about... Um, some of the uh, the martial arts movies back in the seventies, like who was the really good martial arts guy? The, the, Bruce Lee. Bruce Lee, yes. Uh, that black belts have to register their fists as weapons, like <laughs> like Chuck Norris and Bruce Lee and Jackie Chan all had to. I don't know who you'd register with if indeed that was the case. Like the ATF, <laughs> I don't know. So if you're a black belt, you do not indeed have to register your fists as a dangerous weapon. Um, oh, this is one that I'm glad's kind of a myth, that you eat a certain number of spiders in your sleep every year. Have you heard that one? Now, I've heard this one, yes. Like, just because you're sleeping and your mouth's open, yeah. you might be snoring, whatever, spiders crawl in your mouth. It's probably It probably never happens. For a sleeping person to swallow even one live spider would have to involve a ton of different unlikely circumstances. So that's a myth. And if it got into my mouth, I'd have to chew it up uh, anyway yeah, because right. I can't, can't swallow, swallow pills. Things. You can't swallow anything <laughs> whole. I understand that. Um, let's see. On a more serious note, number five. These are these are 15. I don't know if we're going to get to all 15 or not. 15 of the dumbest myths that people still believe that you have to wait 48 hours to report someone missing. I've never heard of that one. If somebody's missing, I'm calling right away. Yeah. Now, I think there is a wait between for the police to whether they consider somebody missing. But if you think somebody's missing, you call right away. You don't have to wait 48 hours. And then, you know, an Amber Alert, I think there's a certain amount of time you have to... Right. Maybe, unless the kids are in imminent day. I don't know how that works. But, yeah, you don't have to wait 48 hours to report somebody missing. Oh, this is a good one. <laughs> and I've always believed this one. If you drop a penny off a skyscraper, it will eventually fall fast enough to kill someone. Now, I've heard that, too. Like, it picks up momentum, and it will split your skull. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It would hit terminal velocity, in reality, about 30 miles an hour for because of its mass. And if it hits someone, it feels like being flicked in the forehead. I still don't want to find out. I don't either. Yeah, like, I, I do I, not I, want somebody to throw a penny off of the you know, tallest skyscraper <laughs> and have it hit me in the head. No. Uh, here's another myth. 
humans only use 10% of their brains. Have you heard that one? Well, Joe Biden does. <laughs> well, you're being very generous. Actually, well, you're right. That, <laughs> That's that fake number. news because it's only like four. It's kind of like saying we only use 33% of traffic lights. Um, <laughs> oh, speaking of lights, speaking of that, this is another one I always kind of like when I was growing up and I first started driving. Having your headlights off at night is a gang initiation. So, yes. so you so don't flash your lights to alert them. Right, if, I've, if, I've if heard see, that. If you see an oncoming car and they get their lights off and it's at night, you know you would usually indicate to them by flashing your brights. Hey, turn your lights yeah, on. Turn your lights on. But that's actually, and then the car would then turn around and do a drive-by shooting, and you'd be dead because it's a gang initiation. Or it's Alabama's basketball program. <laughs> Jeez. Sorry, too soon? <laughs> um, 15 dumbest myths that people still believe. Where are we at here? Oh, um, that shaving makes your hair grow back thicker. Now, man, I still believe that. I do. like Because I'll shave, and then it just feels like it comes back you know, stronger than ever. Um, let's see. Uh here, okay, I'll, I'll give you one more here, and then we can move on. He who smelt it dealt it. Oh, that's true. <laughs> that is 100% true. That is the defense of the guilty, I believe. That's science. That's what that is. <laughs> that's not even a myth. That's 100% science. How late in the day can you cancel plans for that night? According to New York Magazine, the absolute latest you can cancel plans is 2 o'clock p.m., well, what so, if you have like an emergency going on? Like we had a kid get sick or I got stuck at nope, work. Nope, can't cancel. Well, I'm canceling. No. There's a <laughs> big exception in this article. There's there's one big exception though. If the other person is cooking for you, then you have to let them know 24 hours in advance. <laughs> I will say like I'm one of those guys, man. Like you know, I'm in I, I turned 47 this year. My buddies and I occasionally get together. Or we make plans to get together, but we nothing solid. We're like, hey, we getting together at the bar this weekend to watch a game? Yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll shoot you a text Saturday. And then usually nothing comes of it. Like we make these, these ambiguous plans, and it's usually me who's like, eh, I'm just going to stay and drink for free in my garage. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Sometimes like, it's just cool to stay home, well, man. But here's the thing. I've got all my buddies are my age, but they're all, they're all, they're single. Either divorced or single. They all have kids, but they have older kids. <laughs> They're divorced because they kept going out all the time with their buddies. <laughs> so so I am usually the guy that it, not really cancels, but just says, yeah, you know how we were talking about going out this weekend? Yeah, I'm just going to stay on my couch. <laughs> yeah. You know? So, but, but honestly, if you get like a dinner party or something you're going to where the host is cooking and they're having a, or maybe I've been to parties where they have uh, professional sushi chefs. Um, come in to your house and do these giant plates of sushi. It's awesome, right? But you gotta—they gotta have a, a solid number of people coming. That's how they charge. Correct. And if you if you cancel just because you don't want to go, then you're an a hole. Right. If you just don't want to go, that's different. But if you have a sick kid or something happens at work, let's say we're here at work, Nige, and there's some sort of terror attack or severe weather, we can't just leave to go have sushi. And if they can't understand that on the other end, well, they can kiss my big fat beach girl butt crack. <laughs> Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. 
the Hammer and Nigel show. Hammer's over there. I'm Nigel. Uh, Ghislaine Maxwell was Jeffrey Epstein's right-hand predator, procurer of uh, underage girls that uh, she would find and groom and befriend and take out to a pervert island there. And we still don't have uh, a client list. We still don't have anybody that was um, using these girls. Maybe Prince Andrew was maybe the only name that was thrown about that we know for sure. There's been a lot of fake stuff online, like these fake lists and celebrity lists. And like you keep hearing Prince Andrew and Alan Dershowitz, famous attorney, but no one has been officially uh, charged with taking part of any activities down at Pedophile Island. Really, the only two people have been Jeffrey Epstein, who got suicided. Apparently, the security guards there at the jail uh, fell asleep, and the next thing you know, he's... His neck is snapped in half. And damn the coincidence, but the recording device was off, too. (laughs) What do you know? Now, Ghislaine Maxwell, the reason we are talking about her, she's serving 20 years at, uh, is this in Florida where she she was at and she was thrown into solitary confinement? The hole, if you will. Right. She got the Andy Dufresne treatment. Right. What happened? She was doing some interviews, and apparently she was bad-mouthing the correctional facility that she was being held in, so they decided to put her into solitary. (laughs) Oh, really? You don't like it now, honey? Wait till we throw you in the hole. Uh, This is according to the Daily Mail. The disgraced socialite was accused of profiting from doing interviews. So Ah, these media outlets were saying, hey, we'll find a way to get you some money. We'll funnel you some money some way. Buy some extra cupcakes and Twinkies in the commissary there at the jail. Right. Here's some cigs. Now, you might have to pull them out of somebody's anus, but here's a pack of cigs. So, wait a minute. So, she's doing interviews. I had seen that she had done a few interviews, but because she was profiting off of them, they they throw her in solitary confinement? That's what the correctional facility is saying. Now, Ghislaine Maxwell said she has not received any money Mm. for anything, but if you're asking me to shed a tear for Ghislaine Maxwell, that's not going to happen. You know, one of the things that I thought was... It was very disturbing and calculating with this whole relationship between Epstein and Ghislaine Maxwell is that she got her helicopter's license. She purposely went out and got her license. So because the the pilots previously that were picking up these girls and flying them to Pervert Island, to Pedo Island, were starting to get suspicious. So you know what we do? We take them out of the loop. We'll get Ghislaine to figure out how to fly one of these helicopters so she can just do it herself. Isn't it amazing, though, that certain political parties in this country are so concerned with naming every single person that was there on January 6th? Oh, please, yeah. We want to find out their names, what they do for a living. Do they have a Viking hat on? (laughs) Do they have a panda hat on? They've been looking for that panda hat guy for two years now. I mean, that's a heavily investigated incident, but we don't know any customers of Ghislaine Maxwell and Jeffrey Epstein. We don't know the names. We we know virtually nothing. Somebody knows something, and it's somewhere. And tell me if this is fishy. The prosecution 
was the one that said, we're going to seal up the names. Not the defense, the prosecution, which happened to be the daughter of one Lincoln Lion James Comey. (laughs) And I've said this once and I'll say it again. I'm telling you, if that list were nothing but high-profile Republicans, it would have not been sealed up, and you would know every name on that list by now. I do think it's funny. Like One of the guys' names that you hear a lot is Bill Gates, because he flew on the plane, apparently. But there's really... I, there may be some connection there, I don't know, but he was friends and had dinner with Epstein, and I love it. Every journalist and every interview I see now these days keeps on asking Bill Gates, you think it was a good idea to have lunch with this this uh, predator? He's <laughs> like, yeah, no, that was, yeah, that was probably a bad idea looking back on it. But who knows if he participated in any of those shenanigans? I have no idea. Right, because we've seen pictures with Clinton, pictures with Trump, but we don't know who was doing what on the island. And then Epstein's apartment in New York, his penthouse, had that painting of Bill Clinton wearing Monica Lewinsky's blue dress. The famous dress, (laughs) yes. Very weird stuff going on here, and nobody seems to want to get any answers to this, which tells me there's a lot of high-profile people on that list. Uh, Joe Biden pushing the boundaries of his executive privilege with the student debt forgiveness and Supreme Court hearing arguments today. I mean, at one point, Biden actually stood up before the press and said, yeah, I got a bunch of people to vote for this thing. <laughs> you didn't have any, there was no voting for this. You just signed a piece of paper and circumvented Congress. <laughs> yeah, uh, big votes. vote. Big vote. <laughs> really? Okay. You know, what's crazy to me is that for a party that claims to hate the rich, right? Remember when AOC wore that dress to that Met Gala, tax, tax the, the rich. rich. This whole thing about student debt forgiveness is really a gift to the wealthy families in this country. When you look at the numbers here, because Forbes had a great breakdown, 70% of debt forgiveness under Joe Biden's plan would go to the top 60% of income earners in this country, because only 37% of Americans have a four-year college degree. 13% have graduate degrees. Funny how that works. A full 56% of student loan debt is held by people who went to grad school. And who goes to grad school? Families that can afford to go to grad school. That is so on point. Yeah, you're getting your debt forgiven as you're getting ready to take a $200,000 job in the medical field out of Harvard or something like that. And it's illegal anyway. I mean, that's what the Supreme Court hearing is all about today, uh, is circumventing Congress, signing, you know, pushing the boundaries of your executive uh, powers and uh, forgiving debt, which would benefit a lot of wealthy people. The highest income households owe 60 percent of the outstanding student debt and make 75% of all student loan payments. I mean, the predatory lending that goes on with these college, these colleges and these debts is, is out of control, too. I will say something needs to be done about that. But, but you know what you're getting into when you take out these loans. Right. Why stop at college debt? Why, stop, why, why don't we do like a, an adjustable rate mortgage that's, you know, the interest rates are through the roof? Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Whoa, 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 whoa. Uh, you know, if you're getting a free college, why can't I get a free house? College right. education, why, why can't I get a free um, e-vehicle? There's no reward for the people that do things the right way. Zero. Whether it's from what you see in Washington it's, or even in the classrooms now. It's disincentivizing people. 
people to do things the right way is what it does. You can look at the education system now because my wife worked as a teacher for a number of years and you're seeing a lot of schools, specifically in the inner cities, that just cater to the kids at the bottom of the food chain, the ones that don't want to be there, that don't do any of their homework for whatever reason, and you totally ignore the kids that want to learn and want to make themselves better in life. Those kids kind of get left behind because you focus on the other people. This is the same deal. This is 100% the same type of deal here. Uh, NFL Combine going on this week. I love that Indy has this. That was yesterday. Yep. This is the uh, Underwear Olympics, as they call it, for college athletes (laughs) trying to get into the NFL. Is there nothing more embarrassing than that Tom Brady photo of when he was (laughs) was at the Combine decades ago? And it's just him and the doughy in his body. It looks looks 100 times better now than he did when he was 20. Right. Like, he was in his underpants, (laughs) and it looked like that scene in Revenge of the Nerds where, like, they (laughs) took them down to their underpants and they threw water and feathers on them. That looked like Tom Brady. He was one of the Lambda, Lambda, Lambda members, but hey, that should be motivating, right? You could be doughy at 21, 22 years old. And then then look that good in your 40s. Right, look at him now. Uh, Chris Gall, he's the executive vice president and chief marketing officer for Visit Indy. We've talked to him, haven't we? Yeah, a couple times. Uh, He said that the Combine brings $9.6 million annually to the local economy here in Indianapolis. So that's why this is such a big deal of trying to keep this thing here in Indy. So every NFL coach from uh, across the league is here this week, right? Right. There's press conferences. I know the Packers had a big press conference earlier today. All eyes are on Green Bay because they don't know what's going on with Aaron. Is our sports, Aaron Rodgers, um, is our sports talk station in this building broadcasting live from Lucas Oil? I, I don't know. There, I think there's a radio row there, isn't there? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, well, cool. No, I'm glad it's here. I know a lot of cities have been trying to steal it from us for years. Yeah, Vegas think- is trying to hijack it. I think LA is trying to hijack it. What's cool about Indy, though, and this is what all the guys say, is that, one, downtown's all connected. A lot of hotels, a lot of restaurants. You can walk everywhere you go. Plus, the partnership with the hospital, with IU Health. That's something that a lot of these cities don't have, a medical partnership, and it just makes it so easy to have the combine here. Uh, Happy birthday, Mario Andretti, 83 years old today, just one of the coolest dudes alive. Like He walks into a room now, and he owns that place. We had a chance to speak to Mario. Uh, We were doing our show out at the Motor Speedway, and Mario came by, and uh, we had some fun with him. Always. Very special. It's uh, just when I uh, just drive into the gates, seemed like, uh, you know, just like coming home again. Uh, you know, we wave to the, you know, to the guards. And uh, I probably know everyone, not by name, but by face. And uh, again, it's just always a great feeling. Be honest. If someone came to you tomorrow and said, look, we need somebody to qualify a car, you could still make that happen, couldn't you? Uh, I think I could. <laughs> Love to hear that. I think I could. Mario Andretti, oh, no 83 doubt. years old today. Dateline Laguna Beach. The community of Laguna Beach, California, has voted to ban the sale and use of party balloons in public. Uh, these people. Now, it has nothing to do with the Chinese spy balloons or anything like that. <laughs> they're saying that too many of these balloons are ending up in the ocean, and they're causing a problem with the marine life. So, if you own balloons in Laguna Beach, and you're walking around, you're having a birthday party, you can get fined? 
That's correct. Jeez. Think about all the things People going so wrong stupid, in California, yes. but they're going to fine you for having balloons. Bill Clinton, what are your thoughts? She said it was okay for me to love balloons. That's what I've been saying. <laughs> That's exactly what I've been saying, Bill. <laughs> And since we're kind of going down this rabbit hole of uh, balloon talk here, this is the person that set the Guinness World Record. We were talking about this earlier. (laughs) The Guinness World Record for popping 200 balloons with a nail. Ready, set, go! (laughs) Sounds like a machine gun. He's using a nail to pop these balloons? A single nail. (laughs) 14.88! Yeah! Great moments in balloon history. (laughs) 